You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome back to the Oz Network for yet another episode of The Amazing Race US Season 30. What was it? Diamond Anniversary? Was that what it was? Diamond, Emerald, sure. Ru- we'll go with that. Ruby episode, <laughs> Season of The Amazing Race, Season 30. Uh, we are up to episode four. Um, I guess episode four is legs four and five, double episode here. Um, but uh, we'll cover them both, and we're hoping to get this done uh, pretty quickly because at the end of this episode, we'll have an announcement on uh, something else we'll be covering probably within the next 24 hours, uh, but I'll leave that one to Rossi. Uh, but here, let's start on The Amazing Race. Uh, just to go ahead with the introductions, my name is Colin, Petonk champion of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I'm Rossi, and I'm not sure if I'm in Lesbo or Lesbox. <laughs> uh, that was one of my alternates there. So uh, either that or Colin Hilding, Jackie of all trades. Uh, but <laughs> you took my secondary one. But um, let's jump into it here. So, I mean, this is a double episode. We'll just give overall opinions of both. You could do you know, them as one episode or two legs together. Uh, how did you feel about legs four and five, episode four? Um, I thought they were okay. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure I'll probably like remember more of it as we're going through because I'm blanking a little bit on a whole of what I thought. But I thought it was a little weird, the editing. I think we went good editing last episode, but then we went back to weird editing this episode for the, at least for the first half. I remember like thinking, what's going on? They're, they're doing weird things with the scenes here. And then, and then it kind of got better. I think it like improved as time went on. Um, although I was not a fan of one of the eliminated teams, so not a fan of the team itself, or not a fan that they got eliminated. The first one for the first team, and then the second one for the second team. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> between the two legs, leg four and leg five, like you said, you thought the editing got better. But did you think the the second leg was better than the first one? I think so. Even though, yeah, because I went the first one had the uh, face off, right? Yeah, the, or head to head. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, no, I think this editing was a little bit better on the second one, and like the race just seemed to be a bit better. Except the ending was a little weird with the two teams being lost for forever. Yeah. But I thought it was on the whole, it was not bad. Like I did, I did not have too many complaints throughout the episode. I, I just sat back and enjoyed it. Big surprise! I kind of have the opposite opinion of you. I actually really enjoyed the first leg and then the second one outside of one really great scene which i'm sure is gonna be the majority of what we're talking about i have like next to no notes i'm looking at probably have twice as many notes for the first leg as i do for the second but uh i will agree that the editing definitely improved on the second because i'm I'm under the weather i don't know if i even sound sick or not but uh i i was wondering if i just was having trouble following what was happening in that first leg because i was sick or because again it's choppy editing so i'm glad that you can kind of confirm that uh, maybe the editing still kind of messed up. And when we get into the other show, which people can listen to us here on the Oz Network within probably 24 hours, uh, I think editing definitely plays a big part in how you watch a show and also whether you're familiar with editing. So who knows? Maybe this editing feels weird to us now, but when if Amazing Race continues past this and you know they do th- season 31 through season 32, we'll be like, okay, this is just the way the show is edited and we can follow it better. But Something definitely weird that they're changing up this week. With the first leg, uh, there yeah, we didn't get a throw up scene. There's Where no throw up. Yeah, 
Uh, that was what was wrong. Like we need like some type of bodily discharge in every episode of the Amazing Race this season, you know, just to keep it consistent. You've set a Although precedent. Although we did get the preview, like the previously on, and they showed him yeah. Cedric again throwing up. Yeah, uh, that that's going to be what they're remembered for, I think. Uh, that along with <laughs> all around kind of sucking at the Amazing Race, but um, the, hey, he is forty eight. He's 48. Yeah, we've had much older people on this race that have not had to vomit and have not uh, (laughs) sunk in the ocean (laughs) and done many other terrible things. But uh, we'll talk about them a little bit on the end here, your favorite team, I'm guessing. Uh, One thing that was kind of weird here is that we had the first 10 minutes was all just driving. So they head from Morocco to France. And uh, what was the city they went to? Uh, uh, St. Trapeze or something like that? Saint-Tropez. Saint-Tropez. Okay, Saint-Trapez, uh, the sister city of Saint-Tropez. But... As the firefighter being Saint-Tropez. Yeah, the firefighters. Oh, the most memorable team in this race, which, again, I forgot they were in this. Um, uh, they were the only team I forgot. There's a lot of memorable uh, teams that are getting ahead, and a lot of unmemorable ones that are falling behind here. But we had, like, 10 minutes of driving, which I don't know if a lot really happened during that, other than... I was very confused as to why one team was pushing their car backwards and couldn't get it. Like, can you explain that one? Did I miss something there? Or is the weird editing kind of, you know, causing this to get lost? You're talking about the twins when they, like, just get out of the car and push it? Yeah. And, like, what are they pushing for? Why are they pushing it backwards? Why can't they push it backwards? I don't know why they couldn't reverse. Um, Because I'm sure all cars have the functionality of reversing. I guess they just are not good drive. Maybe it was stick. I don't know. Yeah, they were throwing up. It made no sense, and they didn't give a good reason. Uh, really kind of a mess. But when they get to the uh, the roadblock here, who's ready to break wind? You know that they set that name up and expected some people to respond. And I think maybe it was Jessica was the only one who kind of just kind of giggled at that, and everybody else like completely no-sold it, which, uh, I, I don't know, when, when I saw who's ready to break wind, I'm like, oh, they're going to have some fun with this. But, of course, nothing. But this was half of the episode. And this is just these sailing boats that children are taught on. And, uh, I, I don't know, it dominated the entire episode. Strangely enough, even though it, it seemed like there's not much to it, and it should have been one of those challenges that's just kind of boring to watch, I think the fact that so many people struggled with it made it more entertaining to me. Also, the fact that... Uh, uh, our favorite race car driver, Rossi, <laughs> sunk his boat, and I made in my notes, worst sailor ever, until Cedric came along and officially became the worst sailor ever. I don't know what they were doing wrong. Uh, one of the teams made a comment here, uh, or maybe more than one of them said, I finally figured out, and this is, of course, six hours probably into this roadblock, it's like, I finally figured out that if you angle it just right so it catches the wind, it pushes you. Do they not know the concept of what sailing is? <laughs> Every team struggled with with this one. I don't know. Did anyone... Maybe Lucas did well with this one, I think, uh, which is how they got ahead. But uh, this one was kind of a mess for everybody. But I, th- I thought it was kind of entertaining to watch, especially the, the broken tooth for Henry or Evan. We haven't quite figured out which one is which yet. Uh, did you like this one? Um, I think our last episode I complained about that whole challenge taking up 95% of the episode, mm-hmm. that roadblock with the, the spy bunker stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was really, that that took up too much time, I think. But I feel like this one was more justified in taking up a lot of time because, A, it looked hard. It wasn't just running. It was, you know, mental but also physical. And then 
it was actually interesting to watch. I think that this one was a lot better in terms of taking up time. Like I didn't mind it as much. And yeah, we had so many teams like pathetic, like like so many teams were pathetic and it was just, I think it was enjoyable to watch like Rossi coming back with only one clue and Evan <laughs> losing a tooth and um, Cody having to like struggle. And then what the violinist was using the paddles yeah. instead of, <laughs> Instead of sailing and and then Cedric sinking the boat and the and the eater was sinking his boat too. It was just it was a mess, but it was so good to watch. And Cedric, okay, I understand sailing's got to be hard, and I'm I'm watching this just seeing how you know choppy the waves are, and I'm assuming everybody's going to kind of take on a lot of water. But like Cedric basically leaned backwards; he was in this weird reclined position the entire time. I think it was because he wanted to get below the sail. And I don't think he realized that what he was doing was he was forcing all of his weight, and he's probably the heaviest guy on this race, forced all of his weight onto the backside of this ship, so it was guaranteed to sink every time. It was just, it was a disaster watching him. I mean, you know, the speed bump, um, uh, of course, they did before this, you know, stacking the boats. Boy, that was, <laughs> that was a winner. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of over I mean, we've had bumps. a lot worse. Like, acknowledge that that was, like, actual, like, a task. You had to yeah. finish it. But I mean, you know, had it been like, I don't know, Joey and Tim, like we, they would have struggled a lot more and would have been a lot more dynamic. It was just that the two, literally the beefiest guys ended up doing it. Yeah. And, but with the stacking the boats, though, I mean, the challenge would have been okay, but I think we're almost at the point where they don't want the speed bump to stall teams anymore. And I was always kind of a fan of, uh, you know, you have to start the next uh, leg with only what's on your back and no money. And you have to kind of figure it out. And of course, there were issues with that where everybody would just be like, all the other teams are like, sure, I'll give you 20 bucks, you know. But it doesn't seem like the speed bumps really matter anymore. Although I will say on this one, it wasn't the speed bump that set them back. It was, again, poor navigation. They were so far behind that by the time it showed them at the speed bump, and I'm like, we're like 45 minutes in this episode here, and they're finally at the speed bump. It was so clear they were going to be gone right from the beginning. I did think that they were going to be safe, though, just because a lot of the teams were struggling with their navigation. Like, those twins were struggling, Lucas and Brittany were struggling, so I wasn't entirely, like, sold that they were going to leave, although I did get spoiled, and I saw that they did get eliminated first, so I wasn't too surprised, but I was like, oh, how did they leave? They're, like, doing pretty well, considering, (laughs) so I I was a little thrown off, but... I wasn't surprised either, because as we've covered every single leg here, I expected them to go pretty much exactly where they went because that's where professional athletes who are retired and a little over the hill and out of shape go on the amazing race uh so we're gonna have bonus points for me on this one uh <laughs> the detour wow this is one of the problems maybe i don't know maybe by the end of this i will change my opinion the detours on this entire season just are not working for me they're basically rolling a baguette or they are feeding a sandal uh, assembling a sandal or whatever there was like no entertainment to be had on any of these i mean the the baguette one i'm watching this and again i think it's just a hard thing to really come across on television as to you know what the issue they're having is because i'm looking at the baguettes i think it was that uh cody had and i'm like is there is there anything wrong with them and the guy's like no no you got to do it like this and i'm like it looks exactly the same but, like, nothing really entertaining happened here. We did have the fun line from uh, whichever one it was from Well Hung, where he called himself the Jackie of all trades, which was kind of funny. Their team that's... We're not going to cover every single team on this episode, because we have so much to talk about anyways, but 
they're a team that I think I haven't given a lot of credit to up until now because they kind of have been, you know, under the radar, a little bit vanilla, not that entertaining. Then the dancing thing happened last week. And then this week, you know, you have the thing with the paddles, which was hilarious. And this, uh, I think they're going to, if they can keep this up, they're going to quickly emerge as one of my favorite teams because they are really funny. They're just kind of subtly funny. Which team again? Well hung. Well, okay, yeah, they were definitely a lot. I think we obviously saw a lot more personality out of them this week. This this ep- these two episodes, especially the latter one. Um, but yeah, they were definitely like proving that like the editing was obviously a reason that we didn't get to see them. It was just kind of rushed, and they were doing well. And I think that we finally see them now that they break their cycle of fourth place. Oh yeah, this is the first time they've been able to break out of that. Uh, I don't know if it was for the better, but um, no, <laughs> we're getting variety out of Well Hung here. Uh, I think they'd, they'd rather be invisible and doing well than failing and getting airtime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was a, a fun moment here. Who was it that said it? Uh, it was either Brittany or um, uh, Jessica who said, the with I think it was the Sandals or the, the one, Sandals Vegas, which one they did? They said, I'm going to sweet talk them into doing this for me. Which, uh, was that Brittany? Do you remember? I don't, uh. It feels I'm like sure. a Brittany line. I'm just gonna say anything funny probably comes from Brittany. Um, but obviously you don't remember that one. Do, do you have anything else to add on the detour here? This incredibly boring French detour? Um, no, I wish I wanted, I wanted some bread though after I was watching it. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> you didn't pretty want sandals? Hungry. No. I'm I'm still trying to correlate why sandals are associated with France, too. I mean, baguettes make sense. I mean, on Amazing Race, they almost, I I think half the time, they sort of play to stereotypes. You know, they're going to show up in Canada on a leg, and it's like, here, we're going to make poutine and uh, play hockey. Um, (laughs) But uh, In your own defense, in in the defense of the U.S. Amazing Race, they had, on the Canadian Amazing Race, you guys do hockey, like... Every time they're in Canada... (laughs) We're in Winnipeg. Well, let's do hockey. Now we're going to Ottawa. Well, let's you guys do hockey. Had a hockey challenge on season two. Like, yeah, it's not only the U.S. that does this. <laughs> well, I'm not even faulting them for it, but I'm like, they, they. It seems like they will say, "Well, what are people familiar with these countries for?" And you know, Belgium, of course, is going to be chocolate. Uh, but uh, with the France, I'm I'm still trying to figure. out, Did they explain that even on this? Is are sandals a big thing there? Uh, you know, I would have thought maybe if we were in Morocco, we'd be seeing some sandals. But like France, I don't know. Ben Ben loves France. Maybe we should get Ben on here to talk about it. I don't know. Let's just keep it where we're at now. No idea. Um, so here we get to the head-to-head. And I will say this is a the big... Face-off. The face-off. The face-off, yeah. Big improvement over last... Not last episode, but the last head-to-head they had in uh, episode two, where they dressed as French fries <laughs> and did an obstacle course. Uh, I was so upset. I wanted them to dress up as, like baguettes yeah they could have dressed as baguettes or they could have dressed up as a patonk ball or something like that you know what are those things where you go inside the hamster ball like that would have made for a fun challenge and they have to like not not fall down if they fall down they're out of the competition yeah yeah are you familiar with the game of patonk it's just bocce ball so i know that this is just the french version well i i know of it from did you ever watch the cosby show sparingly Every once in a while. I mean, I watched it a lot. I think I watched it when I was a kid, but 
I probably watch it more when I got older, just watching the reruns. And uh, yeah, everybody's favorite serial rapist, Bill Cosby, absolutely hilarious in the episode where he played <laughs> Patonk. With they did an entire episode where he was playing these other old guys, and they were like so competitive about it that they'd have like their own gear and their own uh, uh, balls that they'd bring, and it was just super competitive. And all I could think about watching this is when they said they were playing Patonk, I'm like, this is a very competitive game. Bill Cosby and his dad and his you know, old college friends were super competitive at Patonk, and this is the competitive season. I don't know if this game really lends itself to tension and excitement as much as it probably could have. I mean, when we're looking back at the, what the Amazing Race Canada did with the face-offs, you know, they were usually kind of exciting things that they did, exciting challenges, exciting sports. You know, even bowling's a little bit more exciting than Patonk. And just the fact they're doing it at the end of the episode. I liked this. I thought that there was a little bit of tension to it. But I don't know if I'm sold on them doing these head-to-heads right at the end of the leg where it's like you win and you're immediately checking in. It's, I don't know. Did you feel this one was an improvement? It was. Um, just because it made more sense. Like I, I can um, understand. Like it, like it feels natural. Like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like, okay, here's this really made-up scene we're going to create like where you're going to have to race this course and <laughs> you're dressed as french fries and you're going to have to transport french fries. It felt like they had just stumbled upon like a scene that was already happening. Like like I could imagine regular people doing that in that town square, like playing the game. Mm-hmm. So like I felt real. And I think that there was... I think the reason that the face-off here is kind of working, maybe not the locate, like the point in the race. Like I don't, ag- I agree with you in saying that it shouldn't be at the end, but I think that it's a little bit better than the Canadian one, just because the Canadian one does all these super physical things. I remember like Simeon Opie, where like if you, they lose one, they're just going to keep <laughs> losing and losing and losing and losing because they were so tired. There really isn't that issue as much here. Yeah, we had Henry and Evan, but they eventually didn't lose completely. They were able to win one. So I feel like the less physical face-offs have been better as well. So how many did Henry and Evan have in this? Was it just two or was it three? I think two, maybe. I, mean, I don't think anyone had more than three. I think three was the most. Regardless, heavy, Henry and Evan are officially at nine head-to-heads in two episodes where they've done this. I mean, they, they have to be the all-time worst head-to-head team. Um, but it, well, in, in the defense, they've also had, like, the, this is probably the earliest like two earliest face-off ever maybe yeah well we're like four episodes in and we've done it you know two out of the four i think i kind of agree with what you're saying that i'm personally i think it's a lot more exciting to watch these physical ones whether you have simi and opie who uh i can't swim i can't do this i can't do anything i can't play patonk (laughs) that would have been great but yeah, it, maybe it's a little less fair, but I think at least with the the Canadian version, they would do it in the middle of the episode, so there was still time to catch up. And there's something just kind of anticlimactic about playing a very non-physical game that's not terribly exciting to watch. And then when you have the last two teams, it really should be a race to the finish. You know, even if it is, whoever loses this is gone. And then they kind of do, as you said, the weird editing where, you know, they finish, one team loses, and then they cut. Even though they're probably only walking for like 30 seconds, they actually cut to the finish line where both of them are there at the same time. I mean, Phil is there on the course. An easy way to improve this and make it a little bit more exciting is to have Phil, as he's doing the commentary and everything, be like, the loser of this is gone. And he checks them in right there on the patonk course or whatever it would be called. And it's just... 
I don't know when when the last two teams were there. It just it felt like they could have played up on that a lot more. Maybe a more exciting game would have helped. But why make them walk and actually edit to them checking in at the pit stop? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's just so Phil can have his commentary. He was on his game with the commentary this time. I mean, you could tell it was a little bit awkward. There were times where he's like, you know, uh, uh, Henry's ball is not quite close enough. Ooh, they're taking out the measuring tape now. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, nobody is really in anticipation here. But there was the one really hilarious moment. I can't remember which team it was where he was saying that they tried every strategy. Maybe it was um, uh, the the NASCAR team. But it's like he's tried every strategy imaginable. Underarm, overarm, out of the game. (laughs) And, like, Phil doesn't usually have those, like, really overtly funny lines. I I loved his commentary on this. We need more Phil commentary. That's the only reason I want to keep the head-to-head to the way they're doing it is to get more Phil commentary. Agreed. Agreed. Um, do you remember which team it was that did the underarm, overarm, out of the game technique? I think it was the well-hung team. There was um, the other thing was was Rossi, and it, uh, not this Rossi, the other Rossi. Uh, that uh, I don't know. There's something that's kind of amusingly douchey about him. <laughs> you know, talking about who's going to be the douche bro team. Alex was saying something like when, when they when they won their head-to-head, he goes, I have never played this game before. As if that was supposed to be the most impressive thing. I was able to succeed and have never played this game before. Nobody had played Petanque here. I mean, I don't think a single person was. Brittany even, you know, said something uh, when she was playing. I don't, when she, as soon as she saw the clue, she's like, I don't play ball games. Like as if, oh, this isn't fair. But like <laughs> Rossi, he's like, I have never played Petanque before and look at how I was able to win. Uh, I mean, newsflash, I think seven or eight teams here had never played before but i don't know you're a big fan of uh alex and connor here um do you pick up on a little bit of the the mild douchiness that's a little bit endearing about him yeah i think they're still super endearing i don't think that they're like uh, because i think because they suck a little bit like <laughs> they're not like super stellar like you know yeah they're no super Broy team that's like super great at all the race and the worst they ever place is fifth because mm-hmm. someone you turn them or something like they're gonna like in the next episode they did really poorly like mm-hmm. they struggled yeah they were able to rebound a bit and place a little higher but like they did not do super well like so I think it, that kind of gives them a little bit of like a softer edge and so I, I think they're a bit like yeah they could be a bit like full of themselves but like they're 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 a fine team. I think Rossi being the celebrity on this team, uh, you kind of expect he's going to be the more entertaining one. But tell me your opinion, because again, you are a fan of theirs. Uh, I, I personally prefer Connor way more than Alex. I think that he's hilarious. And, you know, we have a lot of these comments about him sleeping on the couch and stuff like that. And then there was another fun one, which we'll cover the engagement later on, where he shows up and Phil's trying to, like, you know, go on with him. And, and he's like, yeah, it's going to be a long time before I see one of those. I mean, I, I feel like he's kind of the personality of this team. Yeah, I think the Rossi is just a little too vanilla. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's bringing the the celeb credit here, but uh, I don't know. Connor, it's also kind of the way they sold the team. I mean, they say that they're these uh, race car drivers, but that Connor sleeps on his couch. I mean, he is the gimmick of their team. Uh, and I think that Phil probably has more fun. I think the, the two ones he has the most fun with are probably Connor and then, well, com- I guess Joey and Tim together, the competitive eaters. But uh I like all that Phil check-in stuff that we have as well. Um, 
other things to cover on this. If there's anything else you want to talk about Patonk or you want to move on? Um, who would win in a Patonk competition, you or Jamie? Oh, I would win in a second. Uh, Jamie is one of these people that if one thing doesn't go our way, she's like, I don't want to play this game. Um, also, in real life, I don't know what it is. Uh, you, you have real games and then you have video games. In video games, Jamie owns me every single time. Like, it doesn't matter what we're playing. It could be a game I've played my entire life, and I just <laughs> suck royally at every video game, no matter what it is. That's kind of my reputation. Real games, I have a knack for just picking it up immediately and just beating everybody who's been really experienced in it. The two things I struggle with are actually the two things I probably do more of, which is I play, I don't play a lot of video games, but I play enough that I probably should be better. And then also chess, which I play, ever since I was eight years old, I played a ton of chess just for fun, never like competitively. The reason it was never competitively is because I am probably the world's worst chess player. So those are my two kryptonites, chess and video games. But regular games, I would win in a second. What about you? Are you Who's going to win in a game of Patonk? You or... Um, Ben. Oh. <laughs> what do you think? Ben's going to win a game? <laughs> ben has no chance at winning anything ever. <laughs> um, here's another thing. Are you good at chess? No. I don't know anything about chess. Okay. I bet you you could still be. We're going to do an online game of chess before the end of the season just to see who wins. Because I once lost to a guy who in the middle of our chess game said, what is it that the queen does again? And I had to explain to him what these pieces could do. So uh, I I will probably still lose to you at chess. Um, Number one team on this was Rossi and Connor. Uh, They're only number one probably ever. But uh, this is what I thought was interesting about their prize. You win $5,000 each, which that's a cool prize. I'm not knocking that. But where's the sponsor this week? I thought these prizes are always supposed to be sponsored. And it's like, we're just giving you $5,000. Like, did, you know, uh, the um, baguette uh, company of France just pull out at the last minute where they're baguettes for life? There's just no sponsor. But still, I mean, I'd probably rather win the $5,000 each than, you know, the game of mini golf that they got last week. Yeah, I mean, they could spend their money on mini golf. Yeah, that's, that's what they're going to do. 5,000 games of mini golf. <laughs> I don't know, mini golf probably costs at least $2 a game. So 2,500 games of mini golf. Thousands of games of mini golf, regardless. Uh, only other complaint I had on this episode, which I did think was fun, was this season is being sold as the most competitive teams ever. Do you feel like we're getting a lot of competition of these people? It, it seems to me like everybody's way too relaxed. Maybe they're so competitive that it appears that they're super relaxed because they're in their zone. Maybe. Or it could just be because everybody is so competitive, nobody really stands out. But, I mean, I look back at so many other teams that are just, like, insanely competitive. And they're just – we're not getting a lot of, like, fights yet. I mean, the closest thing we had to a fight were goat yogurt uh, in the car in the first episode, which still was very reserved for what we're used to in Amazing Race. I I just – I want to see a really competitive team come out. And I don't know. We we have, you know – Lucas and Brittany, who seem like they're very competitive, but they kind of all around suck as well. Uh, Christy and Jen are competitive, but they're way too calm. And then uh, Cody and Jessica are competitive, but again, kind of way too calm. I I feel like the competitive teams we have, the most competitive ones, they're too functional in their relationships. I want a really dysfunctional relationship to come out too. I mean, do you have a guess as to who's going to be our most dysfunctional relationship out of the teams left? Um, It's got to... Oh, I would still say Lucas and Brittany. 
Yeah, and we had a little bit of that. Was it this episode or was it the next one where he had to apologize to her for something that I, I couldn't figure out what he was apologizing I think apologizing it was the, for? this first episode where the doors like closed on her face. Yeah, and I, I couldn't even tell what he was apologizing for. But even still, he was like, oh, I'm re- she's crying. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, this is the nicest guy in the world. Like, she's crying at the nicest guy in the world. Like, she's one here when he proposes to her. Uh, they're so functional, especially for her being such a crazy woman. I, I just I would have loved to have seen them on a blind dating season. You know, they've been together for nine years. What would they have been like even nine years ago on the Amazing Race together? That would have been fun. Years ago, season was that? What's that? What season was nine years ago? Nine years? I don't know. Nine seasons ago was season twenty-one. Um, I don't think that was nine years ago though. Uh, I, I would have wanted to see them on any season prior to this stage of their relationship. But we get something good on them in the next episode, I guess. So. Um, after this, we're off to Les Beaux, otherwise known as Lesbo Chateau. <laughs> Are we not going to tribute the, the NBA guys? Oh, that's right. We actually had an eliminated team here uh, who did nothing in this episode other than sink. So NBA All-Stars, Cedric and Sean. Uh, I don't know. We won't cover all the teams here, but uh, tell us why you dislike Cedric and Sean so much. Is it just because they suck royally? I don't know. There was no reason like, oh, they said this or they did this or they were just really, they just annoyed me. And I was just like, okay. I wasn't like super annoyed like at them in the recent episodes. They were more annoying in the first few. Like that whole uh, fighting with Phil. Like you don't fight with Phil. <laughs> um, was annoying to me. But I mean, I don't know. I was just kind of over them. They, I knew they weren't going to go super far. So I was just like, all right, let's get them out of there as soon as we can. They at least have personality, which were the early stages of the race, and these are usually where the bland teams go. But of all the teams that have gone so far, in, including the ones who's going to go in the next episode, I feel like watch they at it, least Colin, watch it. Well, you will have to give me. We probably saw more out of Cedric and Sean and saw more personality, despite watch the fact it. they were always behind. Apparently, you disagree. We're going to have an argument on this at the end of the episode. You just want to say nothing good about Cedric and Sean? Um, is it funny to watch Cedric fail at everything? I like seeing him throw up. Yeah, which which brings us to our tribute of the week here for Cedric and Sean. Uh, Cedric, 48 years old, retired NBA player. Uh, here's your fun fact about him. What is the accomplishment he's most proud of? Being a healthy, and in quotes, <laughs> cool with a K, dad, and NBA all-star. This guy's proud of being healthy. I... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a less healthy person on The Amazing Race. Um, but also, cool with a K. Uh, and why is it in quotations? I don't quite understand that. Uh, bonus thing here, what scares you the most about traveling? Airport food. I don't know. Is airport food that bad? I would have thought that like the street food would be bad. You're in Morocco, and you're eating something off the street. That scares you more than what's in the airport? Uh, kind, of, kind of confusing me. Um, and then... Let's get. Oh, here's a really fun one that I'm also confused about. Sean, uh, also retired NBA athlete and father, as he says. Uh, describe what he does. I have a son 40% of the time, so I just want to be hands-on with him. I'm also an NBA ambassador where I do meet and greets, clinics, speaking, and engagements. So his son 40% of the time. Like, Does this mean he's only home 40% of the time or he has custody? Is he you know, divorced and he has custody 40% of the time? Um, does he only consider his son, his own son, 40% of the time and the other 60% he's a roommate? I don't understand this. Um, do you know anything about the relationship of Sean and his 40% son? Uh, 
Oh, of course. I'm, we're, we we've talked all the time about it. Yeah, we are forty percent hosts of this podcast, which is why we're uh, cutting it short this week too. Um, also, we have something that Rossi's more excited to talk about next, but we'll get to that in the end of the episode. Uh, let's move on. Uh, anything else you want to add on Cedric and Sean? I, I personally thought they were kind of a fun team, uh, even though they. Of all the retired athlete teams, I think we at least got the most out of them, even if they probably are the worst retired athletes team we've ever had. Okay, whatever you say. All right, well, wait till we get to your competitive eaters later on. Uh, so after this, we head off to Lesbo Chateau. <laughs> Cody, uh, star-making line of the week here. Uh, obviously, he's never spoken French before. I thought that was hilarious. Um here we get the <laughs> Rossi semi-douchey but endearing douchey line of the week where they say you have to drive to Le Beau Chateau and he says driving is one of my favorite things to do oh how many more times can we be reminded that they're drivers for a living uh, and we get a little bit of driving in here let's jump right into the roadblock uh, the medieval role-playing roadblock here where they have to build a trebuchet uh, which is probably one of the coolest, maybe the coolest medieval weapon of all time. Um, my big complaint on here... Rank, uh, a ranking coming soon. Yeah, we'll do the Amazing Race uh, medieval weapon rankings episode on your favorite Amazing Race featured medieval weapon. But the explosion. So, like, I don't know. I've seen old medieval movies. I'm sure that is the perfect representation of history. But I'm pretty sure it's a better representation of history than these cannonballs or whatever they're firing that in slow motion in every single shot hit the ground and explode into a giant explosion of purple sparks that I don't know if it was legitimate or if it looked really fake special effect, like 80s special effect because it was played in slow motion. Um, are these things supposed to explode like that? Or did you pick up on how incredibly fake this looked, even though it might have been real? Yeah, maybe they were just full of glitter, and that's why it looked like that. Medieval glitter balls, the second best medieval weapon? Yeah, back in the or very first Woodstock, they would throw the... They yeah. would launch the... <laughs> the... The trebuchet glitter balls on stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's my big complaint I'm going to have about this episode and maybe this is kind of killing for me you shot down my theory last week about them selling christy and jen as the obvious winners of this uh they had another line here about them being the maybe this is just the way the team is where they're constantly wanting to remind people we are the only female team left left in the race or whatever we're going to be the fourth all-female team to ever win the amazing race but we had another line here about uh i think it was christy who was competing and uh she's uh, it was Jen, who was saying, she's the only woman in there against all guys. This is amazing that she's able to do this challenge. Look at some of the guys she's competing against. I mean, I don't think it's really a badge of honor. And we're just, again, reminded of the fact that Christy was a pioneer in her sport, which, again, I find really confusing because she's not that old. I mean, she's, I'm looking at, she's, she's 36. She's a couple months older than I am. And they're talking about how, like, at the time we started competing in the X Games, they had no women's division. I remember watching the X Games when I was a teenager and they had women's divisions. Like, how I thought, how old is she? I look at her age and I'm like, was she 12 when she started competing in this? I feel like they're just way overselling this team who really also don't have a lot of personality just as being so competitive and so unstoppable. And they're constantly reminding us of the fact that they're the all-female team and they're going to be the next all-female winners. I mean, if it was a one-time thing... I agree with what you said last week that, you know, they could be the team just crashes and burns, but 
it just feels so obvious that they're selling them as a winners at this point, and I honestly don't really care about them that much as a team. I don't dislike them. It's just they're just there. All right, I see it. I didn't actually pay too much attention to the comment that they made, but uh, maybe I don't know. I still don't know if we we can if they win, then you can say I told you so. I told you so. Um, <laughs> like you do on most shows where you can obvi- obviously pick the winner right from the beginning. I mean, I really am not good at predicting these things, so maybe you were a lot better. I don't know. I I just don't. I st- I can see the hints if they were to win. But I also could see the hints of some other teams that they were to win. So, I'm also maybe. Oh, continue. No, no, that was it. Well, maybe was the end of your sentence. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> um, I'm also getting very similar vibes from them from Nat and Cat, who were the first all-female team to win. Just in the fact that I feel like they were probably the least interesting team to win that, and also. I don't know. By the time they got to Amazing Race 17, it felt like they were trying... People talk about how, you know, they stack the deck in certain teams' favors or even on Survivor that certain things are rigged. And Season 17 to me, which is one of my all-time favorite seasons, felt like they were stacking the deck for Nat and Cat to win right from the beginning. Uh, so, again, it felt very obvious to me. I'm just drawing comparisons there. But uh, if they do win, I'm not going to, you know, dislike them because I think they probably are the only real competitive team we've seen so far. They're just not, like the biggest personalities that's just my own opinion here but uh medieval roadblock here can't even remember the name of it uh did you like this one that building the trebuchet could you build this trebuchet could you do oh. it as well as um uh lucas did in this i don't even remember him doing that i think lucas was the one saying that he had built stuff or Brittany was saying he's really good at building things and then he just breezed through this I don't know. I, I would just be annoyed if I wasn't the person doing it. I had to get stuck in the stockade. Like, that's no fun. Oh, yeah. That was kind of... I, I thought it was a cool twist, but I mean, a roadblock is supposed to be something that one person does, and I'd rather be the one building it than the one, you know, locked up. Yeah, that was just annoying. And then I, I, It got some good moments, though, of people like... Uh, what was it? The violin guy. I don't know which one is which still. But he was like, I'm clapping for you. And he was like hitting the board. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're talking about like, cheering them on. Positive comment here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, great example of them uh, turning into a star team out of nowhere. It, it was it was fun to watch them build this. Uh, I don't think we saw a lot of teams struggle with it, all, other than just like you missed this one part. But I kind of got the impression that you know they were having to just study another one and build it from scratch, which seemed like it would have been a lot harder. But it was a cool setting, at least. Um, obviously, another thing France is famous for. Uh, well, it, was just, it was like one of those like ikea build it things like yeah. you just have you have all the parts and then you're really not sure what goes where because there's so many parts and it was kind of it's just like hard because there was so much to do and you had so much to pay attention to and it's like a little detail thing so it's not something super physically demanding where you're like sawing and cutting and planing and whatever it's you got to do it real quick and then you're done. Like mm. if you do it right, you're good. If not, you miss like the little detail or you put it in the wrong order. Uh, just going back, one thing I, I do say that I like on this season is the roadblocks. Usually the person who's not doing the roadblock is just in the background and every once in a while you'll see them look kind of stressed. They've done a good job this whole season of incorporating the people not doing the roadblock. Even if it's just through little editing things, if criticizing the editing, we can give credit to it for something. You go back to the first episode and we had, you know, Cedric and Sean giving each other the clues or whatever. Uh, in the 
the the last one, the sailing one, where um, uh, I, I think it, it was Jessica and somebody else, Jessica and maybe Connor, who were sitting there mocking the people who were sinking, which included their own partners, which was funny. You know, we're getting some personality moments of them, you know, watching the other people. And in this one, locking in the stockade, it's it's fun. So I know the roadblocks seem like they're way more entertaining to watch this year than the detours, which let's get to it now. My rant of the week, uh, the detours, they they somehow managed to get worse from baguettes and sandals. Um, what do we get here? We get things that would be very exciting. We get Van Gogh. Okay, you should be able to figure out something really fun for them to do with that. Like, identify the difference in the painting. <coughs> Not editing this episode. I'm a little bit sick. I'm coughing on it. No time to edit. Um, and then we get the bulls. The, you know, the, the matadors and the bulls. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Do you call them matadors in France? What would they be called? Les matadors? I don't know. Les beaux matadors. Yeah. <laughs> Les beaux Les matadors. Beau <laughs> <laughs> um. I saw this and I'm like, good, we get a good detour. So like the the bulls having to take the flag off of the bull. They, okay, they were this... not going to put the amazing racers in the in well, arena I, with the yeah, live bull. I know that they're not, but if, on, you're, if you're selling this really exciting thing and then you're like, you will get to go around the stands and take flags off of fake bulls in the stands. I mean, it's kind of like... If they were to go to Indianapolis, you know, as the final leg of this race, and that's where they they check in, and it's the challenge set up so that Alex and Connor can win this thing, you know, the the Indy 500, one of the most famous races in the world, competitors will go through the parking lot and identify the license plates <laughs> that spell out "Amazing Race." It's just the, it's such a letdown. They show you these bulls running, and then they're like, go through the stands, and there's not even really bulls. In in the the arena itself, and just there were horses. Oh, it was just such a disappointment, and I know I don't expect them to go in there and you know take a nut shot from a bull, but I don't know. They could have come up with something more entertaining than the Van Gogh thing. It's like a puzzle that nobody can figure out. Well, a Van Gogh impersonator does absolutely nothing. It mocks the team in French. Yeah, exactly. This was just a disaster of a detour. Also, the fact that this was probably the hardest puzzle ever. I mean, the only team who actually stuck it out and tried to figure out this puzzle was gone because they stuck it out and tried to figure out this puzzle. Um, Did you enjoy either of these detours? Do you want to see the IndyCar parking lot challenge? Um, Yeah, I kind of like that now. (laughs) You Um, like the idea of the IndyCar? No, I like the idea of looking at license plates in the parking lot in in Indianapolis. Um, Yeah. No, I, I get it. Like, I think there was a little bit of, I think we got back to the classic amazing race, like the do something that's physical. And if you just can power through it, you'll be good. And then do something that's more mental that maybe takes longer, but like you can still do it. Like, but you're not, you're less tired. So like, I think that that was a bit more of a, a call back to classics, but I was really more so most annoyed by the distance where this Van Gogh one was. It was like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and like I don't know. The obviously, like I could look it up, but I'm not going to bother trying to find out where the pit stop was in relation to these two locations. But it seems like that one was so far away from everything. Like it automatically puts teams at a disadvantage. So I don't know. And obviously, the team that went for it was eliminated, and I like the team that was eliminated. But yeah, it was a bit messy. 
Yeah, all I could put is the, the detours are really sliding this weekend season. Um, the big thing we get to talk about here is Lucas and Brittany's proposal, which kind of in a weird, disastrous kind of way actually is maybe the best proposal we've ever seen in The Amazing Race. We've seen a ton of these. Um, I don't know if you can come up with one that you thought was better than this, but what made this so great yeah, I was... I liked one. This one wasn't that great to me. You did one like that I liked this? more. Okay, I'll explain to you why I like this. And I, I'm on a roll here <laughs> selling you on the things I disliked about this, <laughs> this season and this episode. But they show up there and they, they set it up early on where he says, you know, I, I want to propose to her on this race. And they didn't give it away. It's not like on this leg. They oh, come you, in, oh, I knew the second he said that. Really? I thought that they were going to hold off to like the end of the... Well, the again... Second, this ep- like I knew, like obviously he was hinting at it the whole race. Like he said it in episode one, I think. But like the second he said something... At the beginning of this episode, I don't know what it, I can't remember the exact quote, but he said it, and I was like, it, "They're gonna get, they're gonna, it's gonna happen." This like, and I just knew it. We'll go back and rewatch this season and count uh, how many times Lucas alludes to proposing versus how many times they basically tell us Christine Jenner winning the season, and we'll just see which count is higher. Gonna be more than Christine <laughs> Jenner. <laughs> uh, okay, but I'll tell you why I like this, regardless of whether you could see it coming or not. They show up and they're in first place and Phil's kind of setting them up here. Uh, you know, with, oh, what a, what a great moment this must be for you guys. And uh, you, they cut to the shot of him with his hand in his pocket, which like, I, I thought also, I didn't even think his hand was in his pocket. They showed his hand by his pocket, but I'm just looking, I'm like, there's not a ring in there. There's like about 16 different things and they're zooming in on his pocket. Uh, I also wonder whether he worried he was going to lose the ring here. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that now, I guess. Uh, so when I proposed to Jamie, I'll, I'll tell the, story about how i proposed to jamie here um they were doing it was the first year i think they did here where they would show movies in the park like the big park we have here a cinnaboyne park in winnipeg they'll show movies on a giant screen in the park and we went to a cinnaboyne park and as to not give it away i invited my sister and brother-in-law around because it was indiana jones and the last crusade and uh oh, that was one of my favorite yeah come on what's better than harrison ford <laughs> to? so the movie right, ends. That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, the movie has to end at like you know midnight because uh, obviously you need it to be dark to be able to see the movie. And uh, the first thing that happened was that uh, you know my my whole idea is that I didn't want to do it when there's like a thousand people in the park. I'll wait till the park kind of clears out. So I need to come up with an excuse for that. So it starts raining in the middle of the movie, and <laughs> uh, I'm watching these sto- like a little bits of drops here and there, and I'm like okay and my brother-in-law and sister kind of looking behind me I was like do we need to leave like you know does this ruin your whole thing like i don't really have a chance to do this i knew that it, we were we would have to get married within only a few months so i couldn't really wait for it but uh i'm like okay let's just tough it out for a few minutes so the rain stopped but we're watching these storm clouds circle the park like we're talking really dark storm clouds and like lightning and thunder and stuff like that and somehow it's circling the park and not getting us wet. So this is the incredible part of the story because when we left the park, we saw everything outside of the park is drenched in water and yet we barely got rained on. So I toughed it out. I'm like, okay, you know, we'll wait for this or whatever. And then the way I wanted to wait so there weren't like, you know, a thousand people around me when I did this was I said also just a way to not give it away to her. Let's start walking back to the car and they'll be like, I forgot my keys. And we have to go back to where we were sitting and search this park where there's garbage and blankets and stuff like that left behind. And I'm searching for the keys and everything. And 
the whole idea was that I'd be like, oh, I can't find them here. Well, maybe they're in my pocket, and I start pulling stuff in my pocket, and I'm handing them to Jamie and put them, okay, here's my wallet, hold this. I'm like, oh, here's some keys, hold this. And then I pull out a ring, which I just had the ring in my pocket. I'm like, oh, here, hold this. And I sort of just wait for her to respond, and that's kind of like, you know, the joke, you know, that I was doing. But the whole time, I was nervous. I'm like, I've got a thousand things in my pocket. How do I know this ring's not going to slip out? So I, the entire time of the movie, I'm feeling my pocket, make sure the ring's still there. But long story short, she kind of got the joke, you know, half the people were gone or whatever. Um, there's the engagement story of Colin and Jamie on the Oz Network. Uh, <laughs> the amazing part is that the rain never touched us. But, yeah, I don't know. It's nerve-wracking to have this thing. And did he have this in there the entire time? Did he have it in there when he was, you know, in the boat? I mean, how long has this thing been in his pocket? I don't know. Maybe it was in his bag or the family. I don't know. It could have been it's anywhere. Fanny pack. <laughs> fanny pack engagement in the Amazing Race. Now I'll get to, now that I told that story, I'll get to what I thought was funny about uh, this. Is the fact that he, they have the shot, are you going to do this? And he's kind of stalling. Oh, I don't know if that was the best time. You know, they just won this trip to, what was it, Bali. Uh, they're the first place team. And for them to be in first place, that says a lot because they, they generally do suck. <laughs> they're a truly awful team for what we've seen so far from my number one prediction. And he's stalling and then another team checks in. Here comes Christy and Jen. Uh, now, had he proposed when they showed up or no? I think that they were just... I think there was only two teams there at the time. Yeah, so they... And as he was doing it, the twins showed up. Yeah, see, this is what made it funny, is that he stalled a little too long, and Christy and Jen show up, and he's like, oh, I have something I want to say. And Christy and Jen know right away. They're like... <gasps> they give that kind of, like, you know, girlish gasp. <laughs> yeah, uh, which... I go to commercial. I think I went to commercial after that, too. <laughs> And then he proposes, and it's like, oh, happy moment. And then the twins check in, who I forgot were on this race. Phil's like, come on in, guys. You're missing this moment. Yeah, exactly. So now all of a sudden you got another team checking in. And this isn't something where they played it and said, can you guys stay here for like 20 minutes? They just took that long. And all of a sudden they're all happy. Oh, this is great. And then Henry and Evan check in. And we got four teams on the mat. And they're like, oh, yeah, you missed something. They just got engaged. Oh, that's so great. And then... Alex and Connor check in and you have five teams you have more than 50% of the teams left on this race all checked in close enough but if this guy had just proposed right away they might have had their moment but because he waited it was like you could tell for him he's like this is kind of awkward and I just love that it just got more and more awkward for him as it went on and you had everybody else responding it it was so memorable because you had one after one teams checking in I loved it I thought it was hilarious Uh, it was alright yeah it was alright uh, no opinion here. All right, so here's the other funny part about the twins. The twins were the third place team. They checked in. They were part of this whole proposal thing. Once the five teams checked in, I'm like, oh, there were five teams on the mat. Okay, we have eight teams left. Who's left in this? And I'm like, Cody and Jessica. When they checked in, I'm like, oh yeah, they were still out there. I'm like, okay, six teams checked in. I'm like, we still have three teams left. So why are my numbers not adding up? I'm like, you got well hung. You've got the competitive eaters, and you got the twins. I just saw them five minutes earlier. I'm like, where are the twins? Why have I forgotten them here? (laughs) And it took me until the very end to realize, wait, the twins were there. So I don't know. I'm so losing track of these twins. If you have anything positive to say about the twins, again, not knocking the twins, kind of like Christy and Jen. I just, I I don't really, their their personalities aren't standing out for me. Um, It's just, I I lost track of them. Do you want to say anything about the twins before we move on to the last two teams? No, I think they're going to be next eliminated. Yeah, probably. Uh, or they're going to make it all the way to the end, and they're going to be the new 
I can't remember their names. I tried so hard. No, don't even say it because I don't Kelsey want to see and it Joey. To oh. Kelsey and Joey. Um, leave it to our audience to figure out if I Googled that or if it actually came to me. <laughs> uh, last two teams here. Don't have much to talk about Well Hung here. Uh, they're a fun team, but competitive eaters, I'll give you the floor here. I don't know. They seem like when they came into their costumes and their masks or makeup or whatever, and they're competitive eaters, we had some fun lines from them. They'd be great. I do love watching them get stressed out because they're one of these teams that really look stressed when they're not doing well, but they also look defeated and they just look like they're, they kind of have that Charlie Brown expression on their face. Like we're destined to be losers on this race. Uh, It was not in their favor. Sticking with the painting thing did not work out for them. Uh, Everybody should have switched in this one. Uh, Go ahead. Tell us why you love Joey and Tim, even though I think they're kind of forgettable and they were built up to be more than they ended up being. I just thought they were so endearing. They were just two goofballs that were just competing on the race, clearly out of their league. Clearly, Um, yes. (laughs) And I justify them sticking with the painting because the... The taller guy really sucks at anything physical. Yeah. I mean, yes, they were probably not the best to do a physical, a mental puzzle challenge, but like, I did agree that they were better for that than the running up and down these stairs. It would have gone so bad. So I justify that. Um, I just thought they were a good team to watch. Like, they were, they had some moments I thought they were endearing and likable and not too many like particular reasons to stand out. I just thought they were fun to watch. Um, I, I did like, I missed it here, but uh, the moment where Well Hung checks in and they're so defeated and Phil's doing it. Phil, sometimes he gives it away, but he did a good job of playing it up here where they're like, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that anybody was slower than us. And he's like, well, it's not that hard to imagine. You do know that competitive eaters are still in this race, right? If anybody's going to be slower than you, it's going to be them. Um, I like that. Uh, I, I don't really have anything else to add on Joey and Tim. Uh, you seem to like the bigger guy better is what I'm getting. No, I like the other one. Okay. Cause I, I, I think just, I just, just know that the big ones like worse terrible. off in the race, <laughs> just worse off in life. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the smaller one, he's the one who has the better of the defeated Charlie Brown. We're losers on this race expression. Uh, I kind of just really wanted that big personality team, and I don't think we got them. Uh, do you have the page up? Do you want to give the facts on them since you really like this team? Oh, no, I didn't know I was supposed to do the work. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do a little bit here. Um, here's a fun fact about Joey Chestnut. Uh, you can follow him at joey.chestnut on Instagram or Joey Jaws on Twitter. I'm sure they're really funny on there, and we get a lot of good pictures of them cramming hot dogs down their throat. Uh Here's this is just funny considering what we've seen on the race so far. What scares you the most about traveling? Getting sick. Are they the only team who hasn't thrown up so far? <laughs> um, and second, Tim Janis, Instagram, Tim Janis or Timothy Janis, Twitter, Eater X. These guys are, are way more, I, I guess, on their Twitter into the professional eating because their Instagrams are so uh, professional or whatever. Um, wow, he is long winded. I'm just going to pick the first thing that uh, uh, a couple of things here that stick out to me. What is the accomplishment you're most proud of? I was the third eater ever to eat 50 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Joey was the second ever. So Joey is the better between these two. I don't know which one is which, but Joey's apparently better than Tim. Um, and 
This one's just for all of our listeners out there and our hosts. Remember, hashtag don't be like Ben. What country and place would you most like to visit and why? Australia. I love it down there. The land, the animals, the accents. If I get eliminated in Australia, I may never come home. Ben, you have a friend and somebody to competitive eat with. For all of your Instagrammed hamburger pictures you put out every week, <laughs> follow Ben on Instagram to see more competitive eating than you get with Joey and Tim. Uh, where did we predict these teams to go? Uh, Rossi, do you remember where you predicted first Cedric and Sean to finish? I think I put them... Oh, I remember. I put them six. I think. You had them six, yeah. I had them in ninth, so I win. Uh, dead on this week. I'm at par zero for Cedric and Sean. Competitive eaters, Joey and Tim, do you remember where you put them and where I put them? Probably way too high. We both had them way too high. We both have them in the same spot, fifth place, so it's a wash this week. Uh, so we overall, both get a point. Well, we, we both get a point, but I got the bigger point this week because I got Cedric and Sean. Uh, I don't know. We, we had high hopes for these guys. Uh, too bad they didn't live up to their expectations. Our other competition we had was who is going to give the line of the episode. Uh, this episode's title was what? Do you have it there? Soul, something about a soul? You got to put your soul into it or something like that. Do you remember who you picked last week? Because I have it here. I don't. Uh, you predicted that Joey or Tim. Oh, no, wait. I put Joey or Tim would put you got to put your soul into it. You picked Cedric. Who said it in this episode? It was one of the twins. One of the twins. So we both lose. No. Uh, yep. But we, we already pre-predicted next week uh, for your claws are into it or what's the next week? The something about your claws are out or something. You got you to gotta put your claws into it. Uh, no, I'm mixing them up. The claws are out. So the souls you, are out. The souls are out. <laughs> you got to put your claws into it. Um, I predicted Brittany would say the claws are out. You predicted Jessica. Do you want to change it? Not that you can, but would you change your vote now that you've seen the preview? I didn't see the preview, so. It looks uh, like it's going to be a fight between Jessica and Brittany. That's my guess. Uh-huh. All right, then I'm going to I'm going to leave it cuz I did flash back to that uh leaving the gnome at the the spy bunker, so yeah. maybe we'll get some drama from there. <laughs> It'll be the only drama we've had among teams. Like we need more fighting. If I have one complaint about the season, we need more fighting this year. Yeah, we need more uh Haley. Yeah, we need another Haley. Agreed. <laughs> I thought well, you were going to get a prediction. It, so obviously I agreed. I thought you were going to get a prediction on who the Haley is. Oh, um, it's going to be Cody. Cody, okay. <laughs> um, that's it for this week. Rossi, do you want to give the big announcement? We went a little bit longer than we thought we, we would. A, Hopefully, we'll still I have, have time. tweet of the week. Oh, the tweet of the week. I always forget the tweet of the week. Okay, so unfortunately, Kristen didn't tweet about the Amazing Race this oh. week. So we can't go to Kristen. So instead of that, I went to the hashtag Amazing Race on Twitter and scoured <laughs> until I found a good one. And so this tweet of the week comes from Richard, which you can follow Richard at at all tv all shade and richard says should at amazing race cbs be looking for someone to sit in a bar waiting for waiting to hand contestants their next clue i'm totally their guy (laughs) hashtag amazing race all right you have replaced Kristen for at least a week what was Kristen busy tweeting on when the amazing race was on Uh, i think she took a twitter hiatus so i think she was just absent for a bit Okay, now we don't want to forget about the rankings of this episode. Otherwise, we'll have to go in and post-production and tack it on to the episode. So let's wrap that up quickly. Uh, both of these episodes kind of combined. I guess give your opinions on each. But would you buy this uh, episode, these two legs, rent it, or bin it? 
Okay, so for the first part, the first leg, I'm going to say that it will, I'm going to rent it just because I'm, some of the weird scenes at the beginning were like a little off the, all the driving and everything, getting lost and all that was just kind of meh. So I can't buy it. And I didn't think it was that bad that it was a, um, a bin because that's, that boat challenge was epic. Um, and for the second leg, I'm going to have to, some of the challenges were bad and the issues, but I still don't think it was bad. I'm going to rent it because I enjoyed it the whole time. Maybe, maybe I'll regret it, but right now I'm going to, I'm just gonna have to rent it. I'm going to agree. I think that this is a rent it all around. Uh, I don't think I liked the first leg as much as I thought going into recording this. And I think I liked the second one a little bit more than I uh, did when we started recording this, give it credit for. But I mean, I think if you were to combine these two into one, the boat challenge with the proposal on the end, I definitely give this a solid rent it. And so does Casper, apparently. All right, Rossi, now comes the moment you've been waiting for. Uh, a new show we're going to be covering now. Whether we have time Nip-tuck. to cover this... Nip Tuck, yes. Uh, we're going to be the second crew covering Nip Tuck. There you go. You're <laughs> in, welcome. In, in podcast television history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is a show that we did cover, as we said, on our random rewatches we did during Charms, the summer. here we go. Uh, Sailor Moon. <laughs> no, we're running them out of them. Impractical Jokers. <laughs> Impractical Jokers. I would do that. But uh, it's another show that started just this past week. And it's a show I'm not that familiar with. So you're going to be taking the lead and hosting at least one episode. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Why don't you announce what we're going to be covering, what people can listen for within the next day or so. Okay, so stay tuned. We are going to be covering... Drumroll. We are going to be covering RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3, which just aired recently. We're a little bit behind, but we'll be catching up soon. So don't worry. Stay tuned. I will try our hardest to cover it every week. Um, me being the average watcher of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I know, Colin was begging me to cover it. <laughs> I had to say, calm down, Colin, we'll get there. Well, it, people need to tune in because uh, one of the reasons we're covering this is because when we did the random rewatch and you said, you the, you're the one that suggested, you weren't even on episodes at that point for the Oz Network. And you said, I want to do this episode. And I said, fine, I'll co- we'll cover it. We said that. Somebody gives you a random rewatch, we'll cover it. And one of the reasons was because as we put out that random episode challenge back in the summer and people gave us their suggestions... We said, you never know, we might end up covering one of these shows. And I said... Charmed obviously didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) No Charmed. Um, Chopped All-Stars, maybe. That'll be coming soon. But I thought we have enough material here where I think there could be an interesting uh, show we could get out of this with me being the RuPaul virgin and (laughs) being able to be thoroughly confused by what I'm watching on television. And I was thoroughly confused by some things I saw this week, so... Listen for that coming soon, along with all the other crap Ben does, like Nip Tuck 1 and Nip, Nip Tuck the B Team, uh, or Third Watch. Uh, fourth Watch. Yes, the watch. Fourth Watch of Third Watch, uh, coming soon <laughs> to the Oz Network. But yeah, stay tuned for RuPaul's Drag Race, coming soon to the Oz Network. And more Amazing Race next week, where the claws will be out. Uh, that is it for this week, though. Two episodes, we covered it in right around an hour. Good for us. My name is Colin, and I am sleepy, grumpy, and thoroughly unimpressed by head-to-heads. And I'm Lossie, and I like sandals. 
Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.